Previously on 80s High. What's something indoors that I was by myself a lot that I could talk about on our podcast without the explicit tag having to add that on? And, <laughs> and where I really settled, what was the opposite of that community fort building for me was the exciting introduction in 1989 mm-hmm. of the Nintendo Game Boy. Game Boy! The oh my first gosh, that major screen. handheld oh. video game system. Okay. Get your hands together, pull out your plastic gray cartridges, uh, and flip it to on, because we're going to go check out the handheld gaming sensation. So blow into your cartridges. <laughs> Even if it's a placebo, it's going to help at least soothe your mind and know that next time you hit on, it's going to start. It's beautiful. That's right, everybody. It's 80s High Podcast, the podcast where we go back thing by thing, show by show, movie by movie to the most radical decade ever and to see how was it and how is it today. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And this is Chris. And this is 80s High. Chris. Benjamin. Welcome back to Homeroom, man. It's been a while. I mean, not for listeners, perhaps, but we, we took a week off. We had a proper winter break. We did. Um, what? What? School, school was closed. School was closed. <laughs> we built snow forts. What did you do with your time off? What did you do with your free time instead of uh, recording a podcast? I can't say I did anything super exciting, Ben. Being my old natural lazy self. Oh, yeah. It is winter. It's the dead of winter. So like heavy blankets, huga, warm drinks. I get it. That's where we're at right now. In real time, in real world, this was the week that we actually like announced our baby to the world, our '80s baby. That's right. The week that a parent has their first child. For you, it's your second podcast, baby. It's a week full of memories. It's an emotional roller coaster. You're welcome into the world. Things could have gone wrong. Maybe they went okay. Maybe they didn't. How, what are your parental memories of week one of birthing our podcast into the ether? You keep every second of that dead air. None of that dead Clearly, Ben is like way more excited. Maybe it's because this is the second one. You know, like when people have like a second kid, they're like not as excited. They're just like, yeah, it's just, a, it's just another kid. Like they don't do as many photos. They don't do as much scrapbooking or like right. milestones. And then it only goes downhill from there. All the clothes you've put on 80s High are just like uh, secondhand from your first podcast. Absolutely. It's a oh lot of redressing. God. Just a lot of, yeah. Slap it in there. If it doesn't fit, who cares? It'll outgrow it in a couple of weeks anyway. So no, I mean, it's been it's been exciting. It's been great to get feedback from people. We've been working on this thing for several months. So it's kind of nice to have it out in the world and to hear what people are thinking about it. So yeah, I'm just I'm really jazzed to, you know, tomorrow our next episode drops. We're a month ahead. So we're sending stories from the future to you. Eventually, this podcast will run on banana peels and just empty beer cans you find in an alley. This podcast flies eventually. Mm -hmm. It's weird. In our future, Biff runs a casino, which is crazy. (laughs) I never saw that coming. 
Uh, he runs an entire empire oh, called that's right. Bifco. So creative. But we are not here to talk about Back to the Future. No. We're going to talk about Nintendo Game Boy. Indeed. But before we can go to class, I need to have my eyes set on lunch and just know what's going on in school today. Yeah, we need those sweet announcements. If only we could will them into existence. Attention, 80s high. I'm Melissa, here to share today's homeroom announcements. Welcome back to school, students. We hope you all enjoyed your winter break, but it's time to work off those calories with Coach Miller in gym class. She plans to start you off right by following 80s High Podcast on Instagram, followed by a dodgeball session at 80s High Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what Coach does for you, leave her five stars. Today's lunch menu will be Sloppy Joe's, Tater Tots, and a side of iceberg lettuce salad with orange jello for dessert. Come and get it before it's gone. After school today, the Aerobics Club will be meeting in room 105. So grab your leg warmers and headbands and grapevine your way over. The Fighting Mogwai's basketball team will be looking for your support this Friday against our rivals, the Rough Rays, at Sunny High. Come cheer them on. Thank you, and have a bodacious day. Go Mogwai's! We need to will this discussion into existence because there's a lot of ground to cover for the Nintendo Game Boy. Let's try and will history class into existence. Oh my god! Wow, we're two for two. This is good. <laughs> we can teleport with our minds! It's almost as if I have total control of how this show works and sounds. <laughs> Amazing. You are the wizard of Oz in all of this. So, Ben, you unveiled to me last episode Game Boy. Yeah. And revealed that you were a huge Game Boy enthusiast. You were a owner of said Game Boy. As a matter of fact... When Ben and I were talking just yesterday before recording, he brought over his Game Boy. Yeah. He was going to wait and reveal on the episode on air when we recorded that he had one still. He was going to show it to me. He's going to be very excited. Because you know I love surprises. I was just going to say, and we all know Ben loves surprises. So the fact that he for, had foregone, forewent, is forewent a word? The fact that he went. Yeah, sure. That's foregoed. Forewent. The fact that he forewent. The surprise, and then drove across town to deliver this to me so that I could get my hands on one. I thought it was uh, fantastic. So I got to have a little firsthand experience myself. Excellent. But first, I feel like we have to talk about what is the Game Boy and where did it come from? Great setup. Yes. So I've learned something from Ben, which is I just start talking about things and Ben's like, okay, hold up. Maybe we should explain what the thing actually is, just in case people don't know. This time I've come prepared. So what is the Nintendo Game Boy? It is an 8-bit handheld game console, and it was developed and manufactured by Nintendo. It was the first handheld in the Game Boy family. If you know anything about the Game Boys, there's been tons of different versions and then many other handhelds since then, which we'll talk about. So it was released in Japan in April of 89, and then it came to North America about three months later, and then about a year later in Europe. And it was designed by the same team that had developed the Game & Watch series of handheld electronic games. Ben, do you remember the Game & Watch? No. Unfortunately, my only knowledge of Game & Watch is as an unlockable character in Super Smash Bros. Wait, you can play a Game & Watch like... yeah. You can play as the Game & Watch character. But but there are several Game & Watches. Did you know this? 
there's a Mr. Game and Watch, and he's like a little black silhouette with like circle hands, circle feet, big circle head. Oh. It was a character, and yeah, you could unlock him in the Smash Brothers Brawl or Melee, I forget which one. Okay. But that's all I know about the Game and Watch stuff. Okay, so the Game & Watch, again, was a series of like these handheld electronic games, and Nintendo had made about 60 of these, and it was just a single game. So they had made them and released them between 1980 to 1991. Oh, 60 different games. Not just games. It was a single-use handheld. I thought when you said 60, I was like, talk about a collector's item. Like, they only made 60 like, could you no, get your hands they, on but one But each of the one was its own, like, just one game. There weren't cartridges, right? Oh, okay. In fact, I had a Game & Watch <gasps> when I was a kid. What was the game? Do you remember? Okay, so that's technically not true. I have a Game & Watch. You have a Game & Watch! Look at that, buddy. Is it Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Jr. Holy, and it looks like it's, is it functional? I think it still works. It does take two button cell batteries, which are oh. commonly like those old school watch or like hearing aid batteries. Wait, is that why they called it Game & Watch? Because you needed watch batteries to make it run? One of its function is a watch function. So it's a game and it was an actual watch. Like the time would come up on it. So Chris is showing this to me. It's a little bigger than a credit card, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Bright shimmery blue, bright red, you know, four red buttons on the left, probably for directions, and then just one action button. Yeah, you've got your up, down, left, right. You've got your jump. And then you have different game modes over here, game A, game B, and then the time. And basically the little Mario would kind of move across the screen depending on where you had him go and you had to dodge the barrels as they were coming down. Well, and to point out what's interesting about this, what's different from like today's games, the game, it's dead, right? It's not on right now? Yeah, it doesn't have batteries. The map, the level is visible. Yes. Nothing's been turned on, nothing's active, but you can see the map. And I'm assuming once you turn on, then characters appear that you move around that map. Yeah, so I wish I had batteries for it and I could show you, but it's got basically the level is an overlay on the LCD screen. And so your little character is then the, it's the part of the liquid crystal display that would then move around. That is adorable. I love that. The way this thing came around was that the game designer, his name was Gunpei Yokoi, and he was the head of Nintendo's R&D division in the 70s. And one day he's traveling on a bullet train and he saw a bored businessman like playing with his calculator. He's like just pressing the buttons and playing around with it. Just trying to spell out words. Like when you turn it upside down, exactly. just spell you out. spell all the you know, dirty words. <laughs> and, and Yokoi thought like, wait a minute, I have an idea here, like for a watch that doubled as a miniature game, like an electronic game for people to kill time. And he had this businessman in mind and thinking there are people taking the train every single day to and from work and home. And so he pitched this idea. It was a big success. Nintendo, again, went on to make 60 different versions of these. Now, some of them have like a clamshell and there's two screens, similar to one of the DS uh, versions. And interestingly enough, this past fall, Nintendo did a limited release of a Game & Watch for Super Mario Brothers and they sold it for like 50 bucks. Wow. And it's funny, the review I saw was like, there's absolutely no reason to buy this thing when you could spend $50 on like a proper AAA Oh my God, game. yeah, of course, of course. But nostalgia, right? That nostalgia dollar is not joking around. And so when these things came out, they cost about 20 bucks each. And I just remember playing this all the time as a kid. In the 80s, it cost 20 bucks each? Yeah. That just seems, it just seems a little steep. I'm not going to lie. It seems kind of steep. 
I'm telling you, man, it's what you had, right? Was there was there audio? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a little like annoying bleeps and whatnot. Meep, 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 yeah. Meep. Mm. Um, and this thing went on to sell like about 43 million units worldwide. So big success. Yokoi then was tasked with, let's come up with a system that takes us to the next level that has proper moving graphics. Yeah. And we want something that will allow people to change out the game cartridges, have great battery life. Are you saying they were looking for what one might call a game changer? Indeed, a game changer (laughs) in all the senses of the term. Yes. And thus the Game Boy came into existence. And they took the control format of the Nintendo, which was flying off the shelves, and emulated that onto the layout of the Game Boy. And also they made the decision to sell the game Tetris because it had a universal appeal. Again, he was thinking of that businessman who was traveling. Yeah. Adults didn't really game back then very much, but Tetris had this kind of broad universal appeal. And when you put all those pieces together, Ben, now you're playing with power. Oh! Portable power. Oh, yeah. So good. So, Game Boy comes out 89. Mm. Also in 89, there's a little competition, Ben. <gasps> it was not just sky's the limit for Nintendo. No. Because also in 1989, a few months later, the Atari Lynx drops. I don't even know what that is. The Atari Lynx is another handheld game. It is the first handheld with color LCD. Wait, the same year? Color Same year. Wow. And the Game Boy kind of looks like a, um, it's like a Walkman form factor, right? It's like stand up and the Lynx is kind of like the Game Gear. It's closer to modern day controllers, but it has like that bridge in the middle where the screen is. And they also made it ambidextrous. You could flip that thing upside down if you were left-handed and you could play it the other way. I have never even seen this. So the Lynx is sort of like a horizontal layout with the buttons uh, to the side of the screen. A Game Boy, like you were saying, is more a vertical console where the buttons were below the screen. The Lynx is almost set up like a Nintendo Switch if you're playing it portable and you've like snapped the Joy-Cons onto either side. Obviously the screen's way less big and way less good, but... Oh, yeah. This comes out at the exact same time as competition. And in 1991, what makes its way to the U.S. but Sega Game Gear. Oh, now I do remember the game. with a color LCD screen. And it was released with a Tetris knockoff called Columns, which I thought was hilarious. That's terrible. So, okay, you're telling me the Lynx came out right after the Game Boy with this color screen. Yep. So, I mean, I hate to throw shade... In your research, did you find how Game Boy missed the damn boat on this so much? I mean, Game Boy, I love Game Boy, but you've got black and green. That's mm-hmm. your screen. Yeah. And in the same year, and then two years later, full color competitive yeah. handheld consoles. Well, Ben, that's a great question. Nintendo did this very intentionally. Wow. They didn't miss the boat. Do you know what a Game Boy retailed for in 1989 when it came out? Wait, I have the ad we had in our newsletter. It's true. So that's kind of cheating. So instead of cheating, tell me, what is it? $89.99. So for $90, you could have a Game Boy with Tetris ready to play. Did they release it in 89 and price it at $89.99 on purpose? I don't know. Possibly. What do you want to say the uh, Atari Lynx retailed for? Okay, I'm not going to look because I did. Pick, I pulled up pictures while we were talking right here. But because I know Game Gear was a lot more expensive, I'm going to guess Lynx was, uh, let, me, let me find a good one, $189.99. You're so close. $180. Oh. Twice the price. Twice the Twice price. Twice the price. 
And do you know what the Game Gear sold for? I remember Game Gear being more expensive. I'm going to go, well, this Lynx looks like it's not joking around. But you've got the Sega brand, which is huge with the Sega Genesis. I'll go a whopping $207.99. Okay, you've overshot. It's $150. It was in the middle. No, oh, I was going to say $160 to start with. Dang it. So Atari by far is the most expensive, obviously. Wow. And not surprisingly, for many reasons, is the least successful of those. It's just too expensive. It's too expensive. So we've we've joked about batteries, and the Game Boy took four AA batteries, and it was about 10 to 15 hours of gameplay. Huh. The Atari Lynx and the Sega Game Gear both took six AA batteries. The Atari Lynx only had five to six hours of gameplay. The Game Gear only had three to five hours of gameplay. That's pathetic. Crazy. I remember not only did it have a big screen, but I remember the Game Gear screen was also really bright. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get it. I get why it chewed through sure. batteries, but that's just a pain in the butt. So, despite being very technologically inferior to its competitors, the Game Boy totally outsells both the Atari Lynx and the Game Gear uh. because of this uh, superior battery life, its durability and construction, and its low cost comparatively. It sold like a million units within the first few weeks in the US. It sold a million units. This is taking me back. My favorite case study we ever did in college was we did um, the Nintendo versus the Sega. It was like a legit college case study. We did one of our classes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel better that they didn't miss the boat. They're like, let's, we, we need to get to market soon. We haven't figured out the color thing. Maybe we did, but it's cost prohibitive. So let's undercut all the competition. Oh, no, it was very intentional because clearly they yeah. could have gone with the color screen. They, they knew kind of what the field was, but they also knew that they wanted to make this as accessible as possible. And it worked. And if you think about it, that has been Nintendo's business model against all of its competitors pretty much since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cannot compete with its PlayStation or Xbox current counterparts, but it always positions itself as a very unique, accessible, and Mm. accessorizable Ah, console. And that's where they've kind of formed their own segment of the market or its own little kind of place. Like they don't try to compete with these massive high-end machines. They're going to come in at something that has a broad appeal and that has, you know, even today you're going to spend two thirds the price for a Switch than you do for a PlayStation or an Xbox. Yeah. The Game Boy has sold about 118 million units. The original unit? Across its entire family. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Of Game Boys. That's a lot of Game Boys. The Sega Game Gear sold about 10.6 million, Hmm. so a tenth, and about 3 million Ataris were sold. Womp womp. Womp womp indeed. I remember those Game Gear kids were cool. If you knew somebody with a Game Gear, you were trying to sit next to them on a bus. Oh yeah. By far, if you saw that screen, you were very impressed. Oh yeah. But the other big benefit for Nintendo, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, are the library of games. They have so many recognizable, lovable properties, and they brought basically all of them over to the Game Boy throughout its run. According to Wikipedia, it's like the third best-selling console or like gaming system, only to be beaten by its... uh, I know what they are. I know what they are. Okay, go for it. Uh, It's going to be the Neo Geo. (laughs) Yep, number one. (laughs) Oh, it's like the VR Boy, maybe? Yeah, the Virtual Boy. There's a Virtual Boy. Yeah, Virtual Boy. So it was Neo Geo and Virtual Boy were the top two selling consoles of all time. Those two sold billions of units. <laughs> More every, than McDonald's hamburgers. That's how many are out man, there. Every man, woman, child, and wildebeest had yeah. one on the planet. Yeah. 
I never played one. These look crazy. Anyway, what are the actual ones? So only to be uh, outshined, outshone. I'm really my. You're making up a lot of past tense words. Past tense words are just not working today. Um, Only to be surpassed by its successor, the Nintendo DS. Oh. And then the most popular, most sold game system to date in terms of number of units We're talking sold. handheld and console. We're talking anything, yeah. What? PlayStation 2. Oh, yeah. That was a big Got deal. Such a big deal. It was out for a long time. So many popular games. That one yeah. just blasts everybody behind. Yep, yep. That's a little bit of the history of how the Game Boy came to be and how it just managed to stick around for so dang long until... So many freaking units. It's amazing. Uh, That's awesome. I learned many, many things in this section. That's really good. I had one fact. I had one history fact. Okay. You booted up my Game Boy. And when you turned it on, what happens before the game launches? Well, it makes a little like... Do you recognize the... I'm assuming it's the Mario coin. It is the Mario coin sound. And I had forgotten that. And it is when you hear it on the Game Boy, it's crystal clear as if you play any Marios today, when Mario collects a coin, that... It's the exact same sound. It took until March 2016 for Nintendo to finally apply for a trademark for that that sound effect. That is shocking. Yeah. And the article I read it, it was like, if you have a ringtone or you use it on your podcast for something, you should change it because they're going to sue you. Because, you know, Nintendo's hurting. They they have to come after us for, you know. Oh, just limping along (laughs) so hard. It's so good. That's a great fact. I love that. Let's... Get to chemistry class. They blinded us with science. How has that not been a joke yet? How's that not been a joke yet for chemistry class? Because we've got so many, we can just spread them out. This is great. Oh, man. So, Ben, Game Boy. I felt Mm. like I blabbed my mouth off in history class. It was my assignment, to be fair. But... I want to know, what did you love most about the Game Boy? Clearly, you had a big connection to it because you want to talk about it. You still own one of them. What was it about the Game Boy that you remember that you meshed with that was just so like, this is a great part of my childhood? For me, the Game Boy really defined road trips. So my my nucleus family lived about seven hours away from the rest of the family. Okay. And... We made several pilgrimages throughout the year to go be with them, uh, always Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then usually some visit in the summer mm. for a longer amount of time between school. Mm-hmm. I had a much older brother, I guess, when I got Game Boy, I would have been five, so he'd be 17. So within a year, my brother was at college, so he'd be coming on his own. So I was always alone in the backseat for these seven hours of driving. So the Game Boy was great, because like you said, it had... Massive battery life. So like on one, on four batteries, I could do the one-way trip, which Mm -hmm. is great. And what's also great is like, you know, I love to read as a kid, choose your own adventure, but eventually the lights, it gets dark. Yeah. I don't know if your folks were like mine, but if you dare touch that dome light after the darkness comes, there was hell to pay. Parents acted like they were staring into a searchlight. Right. So dramatic. Yeah. So again, this is pre-Kindle. So there wasn't like lights on books. Now there were those little like lights you could get that were like one AA battery that clipped on the back of a book with a little bendy light and you could still read in the dark. But the Game Boy didn't give off a bunch of light, but enough to play. And again, these are games that like you could save at certain points. Again, this is all linear. This is before open world kind of stuff. So there was like a set start and finish to the game. Most of them are side scrollers. 
and you just go through it. Is there a game that was your particular favorite? Oh, my God. So when I got the Game Boy back out, when I pulled it out from my memory box, when I knew this episode was coming, there was already a game in the back of it. Turned it on. I didn't even need the music, but it's just ingrained in my psyche. The ba 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 da bum 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 ba da bum ba da ba dum bum 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 ba da bum ba dum bum ba ba da da. Super Mario Land. That game had a great soundtrack. It was charming. It was fun. It was challenging. The levels were so different. I remember it kind of starts off in like an Egypt kind of themed world. But I played the heck out of Super Mario Land. Tetris was awesome because it came with it. And then uh, the sequel actually was really big and really good. Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins. Mm -hmm. Very different art style, but still like just such a good Mario game. So fun. We threw out to our class of 80s high what games they played on Game Boy. And I mean, the Tetris one obviously makes sense, right? It shipped with Tetris. There's a good chance you probably played it. We've got Kirby's Dream Land, which oh, you had. So good. We've got Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Mm. And we've got Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins. So good. And tons of other ones like Donkey Kong and Wario Land. Lots of them out there. They had so many games for this system. But it was just kind of cool to see what everybody was uh, familiar with. Oh, know? yeah. Now, we should explain. These cartridges were probably about the size of like a saltine cracker-ish. So on the top back of the Game Boy, it's just open and you slide this thing down and the on button actually locks the game in place. Mm. And so and they're all gray. They're all like pretty much the same color as the Game Boy. Right. But I remember it being really edgy when they started releasing colored cartridges. Yeah. In that case, I had Donkey Kong Country 2, which was bright yellow like the bananas. Yeah. And that just as a kid felt so cool to be like, oh, I have a different colored game cartridge. I hope people see that I've got a yellow game in because that looks cool. I think Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo, like, had a limited edition, like a gold. It's gold, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think my brother had that game. I never played Zelda, but he, yeah, I think he had the gold one. Yeah, if your friends came over, you busted out, like, the gold cartridge for Zelda. You're like, <gasps> it, it is odd. Oh, yeah. is that real gold? <laughs> Let me blow in it. So good, so good. And then the other game that I remember that was just sticks out is I had Alien 3 in there. And I yeah. remember as a kid, that's a big jump because, like, that's a very adult, dark movie like a very scary movie and all the games are like mario kirby like right. I, had, I had like world cup soccer um right. they're all like fun and lighthearted, and then it's like alien 3 an all-men prison on fury 747 whatever uh, her crew is dead and the game is impossible it's so freaking hard but yeah. i just remember as a kid like i felt like i was getting away with something that that felt like a sneaky game that I pulled over my parents. We're like, right. they don't know I'm playing <laughs> Alien 3. And in the game, nothing bad is happening. But if you look at the movie it's based on, a, whatever I was, seven or eight-year-old should not be playing right. Alien 3. Probably. Right. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty dark chapter in that whole series. Yes. I mean, not that anything's bright and sunny, but... Uh... Did you ever watch the Alien sing-along special? <laughs> <laughs> It's really lighthearted. It's really, there's like a, there's like a soprano predator that comes in. There's like a choir of aliens. It's really nice. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of, um. The Star Wars special? No, Spaceballs, the hello, my baby. Hello, hello my honey. honey. Hello, hello. Oh my God. Alien comes out of the guy's chest. I love that scene. Oh man. Check please. Or like, what, <laughs> orders the soup or whatever. Oh baby, telephone and tell me all yeah, Disappears so into the light socket. That's a, uh, oh. we're we going to do some Mel Brooks stuff on this show. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So um, while we're on this topic of memories, we also pulled uh, yes. the class of 80s high about what were some of their cherished memories of the Game Boy? Do you want to share some of those now? 
Yeah, I would love to do that. I'm just going to go and order it down. We'll just play a little tennis. All right. So in our weekly survey, we asked, what memories do you have of your Game Boy? And the first one comes from classmate Justin, who says, the day after Christmas, my dad woke up before me and played Tetris so long that he killed the batteries and had to go get more. <laughs> I also remember lots of bus trips with Mario. So yeah, it was like an awesome thing to bust out on the bus and crank through for sure. Back to your point of road trips, because uh, classmate Corey also mentions that on road trips down to Florida to visit family, he was all about that Game Boy for the exact same reasons you mentioned. It was something fun to pass the time and, you know, hours can just melt away <laughs> oh, <laughs> before yeah. you even realize right? it. Uh, so I'll go with this one. This comes from classmate Kyle. And Kyle says, portable electronic devices were very captivating. Having a computer in your pocket was really exciting. I remember it being really cool when they came out with the colorful Game Boys. Mm. I also remember being very jealous of other people's game gear. <laughs> I said the same thing. Yep. Uh, mostly because I wanted to play Sonic the Hedgehog, which was awesome on the Game Gear, by the way. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the particular games I played on Game Boy, but I think Dr. Mario was one of them. That's another classic. Which I have told you, my partner is obsessed with Dr. Mario. Yes. Because she was like so into um, Candy Crush. Yep. And I was like, have you ever played any of the OG block games? And she was like, nah, I played a little Tetris. And I was like, let me show you head to head <laughs> Dr. Mario. Mario. And it's like, we probably play weekly for a couple hours. And Ben never saw her again. <laughs> right, right. She's, oh, it's great. It's great. So good. Uh, this comes from classmate uh, Aaron. My Game Boy was given to me as a Christmas present. Seems to be a trend here. Mm. Uh, I loved playing Tetris and my sister played Zelda. It is under my bed at my parents' house. Still, I really hope it still works. So that's a very fun game. Is that's Do people awesome. have these old systems? And if so, where are they? Because I'm going to tell you, when I had yeah. to hunt this Game & Watch down, Ben, I did not just like pull open a drawer and grab it out. It took me probably 20 minutes to find this thing. <laughs> And it was in probably one of the very last spots I knew to look. Like, I just kept, oh, maybe it's here, maybe it's here. And I'm a fairly organized person. It's not like my place is a disaster, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so nervous that I maybe just in a spring cleaning fit once just, like, tossed it into a box to send to Goodwill. Thankfully, I had better sense. I'm so sense glad you didn't get rid of it. To. Absolutely. I'm getting you two watch batteries for Christmas. I mean, I live right next to a drugstore. I think I can just... I gotta wait till next Christmas, though, for your gift. Okay, right. great. Right, right. They'll run out by then. One of our most exciting responses came from classmate Mikey, who said he had gotten a green OG Game Boy. Again, that beautiful... What color green would you say that is? Is it like snot green or would you call it oh, like... Oh, for the screen? Bio green? It's not an attractive green. It is not an attractive green. Uh, and he said it came bundled with the port of a Donkey Kong arcade game and he loved it. And that... At some point in the following summer, he'd left in the bathroom on the counter next to the sink because, you know, in addition to road trips, this might also be a nice, you know, bathroom thing to pass the time. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, my preteen sister had gotten in a fight with his parents and she stormed into the bathroom. She's screaming and pouting, his words, uh, and decided it was best to take her anger out on his poor emerald gateway to fun crapping. Again, his <gasps> words. <laughs> what? She smashed this thing. He says, like, Deion Sanders scoring a touchdown, and that was the end of that. No. That sounds like a very important sport ball reference that I hope other people get. Right. Deion Sanders is a is a famous uh, ping pong player. Basketball? Is it Bas basketball? basketball? <laughs> yeah, I think it's basketball. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
And he said the best part is his parents never made her replace it. This is egregious. Oh my God. I think those parents owe him compensation plus interest. Wait, what's what's his finale on his comment? What's the last sentence? Rest in peace, my mean green bathroom machine. No, I have never forgiven her. His (laughs) sister. Never. Actually, I would also never forgive my parents. Like, I feel like I would be estranged from all three of those monsters. Yeah, we wouldn't be on talking. And I hope it comes up at family events like these days. Like, yeah, like other families fight about like politics and religion. Like, they're all fighting about that like Game Boy incident. I hope now that, you know, they're all adults. They're like at the Thanksgiving table and they're like, hey, could you, uh, could you pass me the gravy? And you're like, maybe you could pass me a new Game Boy. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, why don't we talk about what we're all thankful for? I'm thankful that you never saw fit to replace the thing that you smashed or make my sister compensate me for said damage to a very expensive thing that I saved all of my money and allowance for. Like he goes on this like tirade for 20 minutes. I need to know how many family holidays have been ruined by bringing the Game Boy back up in oh this my household. Oh, we're back to the old Game oh, Boy it's again. The Game Boy again. Here we go. Oh my God. We're going to call it Emerald Gate because he calls it his Emerald, Emerald Gate. Gateway. Yes. So it's Emerald Gate. Okay. So lots of fun memories from our Class of 80s High. So before I gave you my loan, my Game Boy, there's an epic story behind that Game Boy. Okay. It looks like it's been through some yeah, adventures. We're, we're going to talk about that too. That's another topic. You know how some people, uh, listeners, chew on their pencil? I think Ben chewed on his Game Boy. This thing is shredded. Okay. We'll do, I need to hear these stories. We'll do that first. So uh, where are the bite marks on the Game Boy? I'd have to go look. Okay. They're all across the top because unlike Mikey's sister, when, you know, there's rage quitting today. People Wait, did this thing get chucked? No. I oh, didn't okay. want to, but you don't want to chuck your Game Boy because I, I valued it so much. I didn't want to like break it, but you know, you die. And again, this is the thing where like, there's no auto saves in Game Boy time. Like, you die, and if you haven't been to a save point, you you, you lose hours of progress. It's just right. done. Um, so I would I would get so mad, I would flip it, I would bite the top of my Game Boy. Oh, you literally bit it? I go ah! I would just oh put my it god! Like, you, you, bite it. you literally bit it! Oh my god! And that's why my teeth look like Austin Powers today. That's why they're all <laughs> at different angles. Some people have tennis elbow. Ben has Game Boy teeth. Yeah. So those are little tiny. Six-year-old and seven-year-old rage bites on the top of my, oh my Game Boy. That, that is amazing. Yeah, but that is not. I was not going to go in the shaming route, but like we started with shaming, so I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> I didn't shame you. No, I shamed myself. That's fair. So the Game Boy has sat in its original carrying case with all of its games in this like big plastic bin, the memory bin. Yeah. And about seven or eight years ago, we had moved, and I was opening it up. I open up the Game Boy and I try and turn it on, and it doesn't start. And what do you think was wrong? Hmm. I mean, my initial guess would be like batteries were stuck in it and they exploded. That is exactly correct. So I opened the battery compartment and I had left four batteries in there for decades and they had corroded just that green and white powder all over everything. And so I was lamenting to this about uh, lamenting about this to another gamer friend. And he's like, oh, I know a guy who could fix it. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I gave him my Game Boy. So much time passed, I'd forgotten about it. And the next time I saw him, he's like, I have a present for you. And he hands me my Game Boy case. And I had, I, you know, oh, my God, that's where my Game Boy's been. I'm so excited. This is great. It's been so long. You forgot he even had it. Yes. And when he brought it back up, you still didn't remember. Oh, yeah. Wow, so okay. I opened the case and there's a purple Game Boy color 
inside the case. And he's like, is that where that came from? That's where that came from. And he's like, look, my guy can fix your Game Boy. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. So the show was coming up and I was like, I wonder, wonder if I could do it again. So I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. I was very excited that our favorite used game sales guy was still in operation. And I wanted to swing by. Just oh, is get- that why you went up there? That's why I went up there. <laughs> I went up there. That's amazing. And I, just, I wanted to give him a few, you know, I wanted to give him some business. We didn't really need any gaming stuff, but I wanted to give him some dollars. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just glad to see that your independent business is still rocking and rolling during all this. It's awesome. Right. And so I told him about my Game Boy situation. And I was like, how can you do that? And he goes, oh, I've done hundreds of those. Here's what you do. And he taught me. He told me what I needed to do to fix it. And so thus began this two-week-long Game Boy restoration project, which is why I didn't give you the Game Boy earlier, because I needed so much time to fix it. And so I had to get steel wool, like a steel brush, like a toothbrush, the steel coming off the end. Yep. To even open the Game Boy, you need a special screwdriver, because it looks like a Phillips head, but when you zoom in, there's only three little lines. Mm. Have you ever seen a screwdriver that needed three lines? Nope. And it's like the size of like watch tools. So I had to order a special screwdriver off Amazon. And then, yeah, I had to, uh, oh, and sandpaper. So I had to take out the connectors. I had to I carefully remove the, all the stuff without breaking the Game Boy. Remove the connectors, brush it with this wire thing until all the green stuff was off. Then I had sandpaper, had to sandpaper the battery connectors, and then somehow put it all together. How many times in your life have you taken apart an electronic and successfully put it back together where something wasn't a quarter inch off? I feel like I've done it with a VCR before. Yes! Like a tape got jammed in there and I had to like open it up. I didn't, it wasn't a very extensive surgery. You did probably way more than I've ever done to an electronics thing, at least that I can recall right now. No, exactly. All that analog stuff, if you took it apart to do something, it was never going back together. Oh my God, (laughs) never. So I got it back together and I'll put this on Instagram tonight, but I took a picture of everything, like my Game Boy blown out on the table, all the pieces out. And honestly, I'm not a handy dandy fix it kind of guy. It was a moment of religious exaltation when I turned it on and and it actually booted up. Like, like it was yes. awesome. I hadn't seen my own Game Boy working in probably like 25 years. That's a great sense of accomplishment to feel like I don't have a skill set in this, but I, I did a thing. I did a thing. This is cool. And yeah. now it works again and you can continue to enjoy. Although I will say I, I popped in that Game Boy uh, color. It was way better. <laughs> Look, not okay, wrong. so here's my thing. Either yeah. my eyes aren't what they used to be. That screen's not what it used to be. No. Perhaps because of said damage. Ah, I didn't bite the screen. Or the corrosion. It looks like you also took steel wool to the screen. It's like all scratched. I might have screwed that up. That might have been a mistake. I felt like I needed a floodlight to even see that thing. Like I sat on my couch and I started it and I was like, oh, let me mess with the contrast. I was like standing under a lamp. Oh, yeah. Trying to play this thing. And then I switched over to the Game Boy Color and I was like, oh, it was way better. <laughs> like it still was not great, but it was way better than the original one. Well, that is a great segue because you're right. It's brighter than a book at night, but it's not that bright. And that's because Nintendo came out with the Handy Boy. <sighs> I've got the Handy Boy here. You I monster, you didn't give this to me. I would like to finish what okay. I was going to say. <laughs> Which was, this thing doesn't work. So that's why I didn't give it to you. Uh, Okay. So it folds up. It's the same color as the Game Boy, but it clips onto the Game Boy. And then it opens up with these dual speakers. And then there's a magnifying glass, which is on two arms that can come out and away from the handy boy. Nice. And then there's two switches on here. You've got stereo. So you can put the stereos, which does not work on the road trip. That gets rage and anger from the front seat to be blasting Game Boy. 
and there's a light switch here, and the inside you can see on the sides there's light that would go on. And so down here there's a little plug that plugs into the audio where the headphones would go, and then this monster started to go to Game Gear levels of battery devouring because you'd plug this into the AC jack, and it comes with a little neck strap because look at all this hardware. This thing easily weighs 45 pounds. I was right? gonna say that weighs more than the Game Boy itself. Yeah, this is like a plate at the gym. So there's a neck strap for it. Yeah. So the Handy Boy was one of the accessories. Was it good at its task? Did it do those things well? Honestly, um, I don't remember the audio so much because again, I was on road trips. So I wasn't allowed to blare the speakers. Right. But the light and the magnifying glass were honest like game changers for playing okay. the Game Boy. It's okay. huge. It's huge. This does not fit in the carrying case so well, though, which kind of sucks. It's kind of, I mean, it's big. This thing it's is, bulky. this yeah. is really bulky piece of attaching bulky. hardware. But they came out with all these fun little tag-ons. So like you had a camera and like a printer. So you could take pictures of yourself, like selfie. This is like the first selfie. You could take pictures of and print it off. It's basically like you used to go to the like the photo booth, right? And you'd get like yeah. the you'd pose, take your little picture and get it printed off. It was kind of like that. Exactly. There were a few more, but there was, I remember the, the head-to-head like connector cable was a big deal. So if you wanted to play some of these games, you, you know, you could go head-to-head like Tetris. Yep. But there was a special cable you literally had to physically plug into someone else's Game Boy and sit across from each other to play one another. There was no other way to play someone else. Right. So I loaned you my Game Boy. Tell me about your experience. Is this your first time playing a Game Boy? No, so I played them as a kid, okay. and as I was telling Ben, I was like, I barely ever played Game Boy, and I never owned one. And I, I sat and thought about it, because like this Game & Watch game I mentioned, I played a ton of. But my guess is, is you know, we weren't you know, working class family. We didn't have lots of money. No. And so what I think in my little head was I was like, I need to, when I'm asking for Christmas gifts, when I'm asking for birthday gifts, I really have to be smart about what I ask for. I need more ties. I need more socks. I need (laughs) those kinds of things. So I was always annoyed by the lack of technical progress. Like I loved arcade games because they were like the cutting edge. And then I'd come home and I'd play a game on the Nintendo or even like the Super Nintendo. I was like, these aren't as good. And this felt like an even bigger drop in terms of the quality with the screen. And so despite everyone loving the sort of portability and the road trip potential of it, I just, I it never really appealed to me. And I think that was why I was such a little stickler for like, I want better graphics. I want better abilities or capabilities of the system. And that one just felt like it was not the direction I would want to go. All right, that makes sense. I can't fault you for that. Yeah. You needed ties. You needed socks. There's only so much Santa's going to bring. You got to be efficient with your wish list. I, I mean, get I, it. I wanted my Nintendo games, right? I was like, I, I was a console kid. So I was like, I want my, you know, for $90, I could get like, what, two, three Nintendo games probably? Yeah. Now, as a kid, the Game Boy was kind of big in your hands. It was a big console sure. to hold as a child. You have what some people might refer to as spider monkey hands. <laughs> How how did the original Game Boy feel in your hands today? You know, it, it felt fine. It wasn't as okay. heavy as I thought it would be. The old Nintendo controllers are not comfortable to play with, like yeah. the original Nintendo controller, because they're very square. You know, they're not... If you play with a modern console, they're just so nice and There's little fitting. sharp 90-degree corners you could put an eye out on. Basically, on the NES yes, controller, right? For sure. And, you know, the Game Boy's a little more rounded, but it's still kind of boxy. So I can imagine playing that for hours. Now, I'll yeah. tell you, I did not play this very long. A, as I mentioned before, I could barely see what was going on. <laughs> and B, I was like, okay, I get it. The nostalgia factor wasn't there for me. And yeah. I just, I didn't have that connection to want to play any more of it. But I popped in Tetris and I played the Mario game. And I tried to play another game, which didn't boot. Oh, 
Maybe it was the Kirby one, actually. <gasps> oh, I couldn't no. get it to pop up. Yeah. Kirby. Did you pop it out and blow in it? <sighs> That's what happened. That, I didn't you gotta do blow that. in those cartridges for sure. It was kind of fun to revisit and just kind of see what it was like. You know, you're an Atari kid. You're probably throwing down that fat cash for the Atari Lynx. I wanted that $180 Lynx with two games. I couldn't even find what game shipped with the Lynx. Like I couldn't, I tried to find all that stuff. I remember it came out and I just remember nobody had one. I love if that's, that was the mistake Atari did is like they worked forever on R&D on the Lynx and they put it out in the market and they're like, we did it. And they're like, great, what games? And they're like, oh, oh, we forgot to make games. We probably should have thought about something to play on it. So one game I did forget that's in there. It's Wario Land. Uh, Why I think that game's a little innovative. You played the villain. Wario's a bad guy. Yeah. He's the yin to Mario's yang. <laughs> and he's got the mustache and he rams through stuff. And I'm sure but that was a big deal as a kid too of like, you're playing the bad guy. This is the bad guy's story that right. you're playing, which is unique. I love RPG games today. So you sort of get to decide if you're a good or a bad person or somewhere in between. Like we all are a little gray. And Wario was like, no, this is the bad dude. You're going to play the bad dude's story. And that was cool. The last bit of chemistry I want to talk about is the advertising campaign around Game Boy, which was edgy. I can't imagine as a parent seeing these ads and being like, should I get this for my kids? When I was trying to put the survey together and doing some social media for the last couple of weeks, there's one where there's like, there's a kid who's playing the Game Boy and there's like the butt of a ferret sticking out of his jeans. And it says more fun than a ferret in your pants. I do not remember that one at all. That was the print ad. The only one I remember is the TV commercial where it's the kid playing Tetris against... Robocop. <laughs> oh, like some God. kind of like robotic android. And then the kid beats him and he like points a finger at him and shoots a laser beam out of his finger, kills the robot. And that's the one now you're playing with power, portable power. Yeah, the TV commercial was awesome. So I just dropped in the chat what I was just talking about. Just take a look at this ad. What the heck? Yeah. I don't even know how to begin to describe this. Right? And that kid is excited. Either about the Game Boy or the ferret, or it's like he's into it both at the same time. Is that time. a boy or a girl? That's a very fair question. I don't know. The the, the way the angle's at. It's or it not, could be neither. It's not less disturbing. I'm just kind of curious. Like, I don't understand. This is messed up. <laughs> wow. So since you haven't seen these, I'm going to keep dropping these in the chat so we talk about them. So this other ad, the new Game Boy Pocket. Seriously distracting. So it's got a woman... Tied to a bed in lingerie, and in the corner you can see someone is playing the Game Boy. They've tied their partner to the bed so they can play the Game Boy. These are messed up. I have never seen these right? before. And the last one's a little more vanilla, but it was just, it was like, um, uh, so I had games all over the all over the page and it just said, don't smile when your parents tell you you're grounded. Because like, oh, now you can go play your Game Boy. Right. Um, so I thought it was really edgy advertising, especially for Nintendo, which is generally a more family-friendly, bubbly, fun sort of console. Yeah, those are weird. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing here. I it's don't like not this. okay. Those are my memories, my impressions, my thoughts. That's what I have for chemistry. I mean, it's not an episode of 80s High unless there's not something that's haunting my dreams. So... <laughs> Those ads are what are going to terrify me. Good, That's good. enough for me to be like, I need a break. I need lunch. And then we can head to contemporary culture and figure out, did the Game Boy actually have any effect on culture? I'm I'm guessing no, but let's, we'll have yeah, to find not. out in class. Probably I don't not. think so, but we'll have to find out in class. 
They said it wasn't humanly possible. But now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head -head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. Right. So lunch was great. I'm glad we were able to, like, I was under the table with my Game Boy uh, playing during lunch, as you would do during lunch in the cafeteria. Because you weren't allowed to probably play it, like, just out in the open, No, right? no, very yeah. clandestine. Absolutely. It was really hard because, like, when I got pissed off, then you had to get it above the table so I could bite the top of it. I was going to say, like, you just put two pieces of bread on either side of it, like, so when ah, you bit into it, like... Oh, this is a good sandwich! The teachers just thought you were, like, really hungry, like, oh, he's got an interesting sandwich over there. That little Ben has some anger issues, I think. He's really loving that sandwich, though. Wow. It looks stale or something. He can't really get, you know, his teeth through it. <laughs> what did his mom pack? So the Game Boy was kind of a flash in the pan, right? It just kind of happened and that was it? Yeah, I think that's it. Should we go to math class now? <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, I already said the Game Boy itself sold 118 or whatever I said, million freaking units. Oh, yeah. And that was just the start of it, right? Ben, how many other handheld systems did Nintendo put out? I anticipated this question and I was like, I could either look this up and be ready to just crush it or wing it. And I didn't, I didn't look it up. Oh, I don't know a specific answer. It's a lot. I think there are probably at least eight or nine spinoff versions of the Game Boy as it went into the future. And again, I have not added these up, but you can go find them online. There's an entire line of Game Boy, you know, this Game yeah. Boy Color, Game Boy Advanced, all those. Uh, Virtual Boy was the one you mentioned was yeah. a not super successful, but still, you know, another line of portable systems Nintendo made. And then, of course, there's the DS line, which is huge. Oh, yeah. You know, the 2DS, the 3DS, they've had so many variations of that one. Again, it outsold the Game Boy line completely. And their two latest systems were actually kind of hybrids, right? You had the Wii U, which was, I think, by all accounts, a very unsuccessful system. But its controller was a tablet, you know, that you could partially hold to play the games with. Exactly. But it felt like the Switch fully realized what they had attempted to explore with the Wii U. And the Switch, of course, is like fully interchangeable. It does feel like it's a, a proper console and a proper handheld, although I've never really played it in the handheld state. Yeah. And all of these systems have been largely or hugely successful. So clearly this launched a whole kind of segment of Nintendo's very main audience, obviously very kid heavy, but not completely, of course, because it felt like everyone but me had a Nintendo DS. I never owned another iteration besides the OG. Yeah. Besides the, you know, Game Boy Color I was gifted when uh, they thought they couldn't fix it. Well, no, that's no. I had a job like six years ago where I had to commute a lot. Like I had a flight across the country every month. I forgot about that. I bought myself a 3DS. So it's like the DS. But you could yeah. turn on this mode and it would be a little three-dimensional of the games you were playing. Yeah. Really just so I could rock some Mario Kart while I flew back and forth. I mean, if you're going to kill some time, Mario Kart's a magical way to do that. So good. Obviously, there's tons of other portable systems that have been throughout the ages. But handheld mobile gaming, you know, with smartphones coming out and the app stores, no shortage of beautiful, beautiful time wasters out there. Think back to that Game & Watch 
when Yukoi was on that bullet train, he's like, someone just wants to waste their time on a calculator. And now we're all on our phones playing Candy Crush and Angry Birds and all that good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. I was worried you would be insulted at the hyperbole I was going to throw out. Okay. But I'm wondering if modern smartphones would be what they are without the Game Boy coming out. It's always hard to say, right? Because no one's like, Steve Jobs wasn't like, I made the iPhone with the Game Boy in mind, right? He's not going to say it, but it's all a progression, right? This entire, we come up with an idea, we want to improve on it, we want to improve on it. And you have to imagine it to a certain extent. I mean, touch screens are a great example. Remember when that was just a dream? Wait, I can press on a screen and it can do a thing? And now it's all touch screen. There's not even, most phones don't even have power buttons anymore. Totally. So I was prepared to boldly make this leap. Okay. I, I know Game & Watch came first, but the idea, you know, that is the origin of playing a game in your hands. You had the Game & Watch and then Game Boy came out first. There were some old school, like, handheld, very basic electronic games. Like, I remember in the early 80s, we had these little, um, it's like a little football game. Yeah. Very similar, but a lot clunkier than this Game & Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had those little handheld games. I I pulled some stats if I was going to make that bold leap. Okay. So a third of the global population plays mobile games. Makes sense. What do you think the average age is of gamers in 2021? Of just mobile? Uh, To be fair, I guess it's all all gamers. And this is also in America. What's the average age of American gamers? Mm, I'm going to say it's in like a late 20s, early 30s. Very good guess. 33. Okay. 46% of all gamers in the world are 36 or older. Now, this is a little too binary. 54% of all gamers are male, which means 46% of all gamers are female, which is a lot closer than it was when we were kids, I think. Absolutely. That's leaving out a lot of identities, but this was just a binary study. Right. And in 2019, 63% of mobile gamers were female. So kind of like you said in the early Nintendo, like trying to also attract young girls and young women players, it took them nearly 40 years, but they did it. Well, you also have to imagine too that, you know, these industries were largely male dominated. And so they're going to naturally be thinking about themselves and when they were a kid and what they wanted. And so, you know, a lot of it has to be, well, we need to get female game designers or just, you know, talk to women or girls about what they want in a game. And so part of it, too, is you just have a broader classification of kinds of games that appeal to anybody, whether it's age, gender, you know, whatever the thing is. Right. Um, So just the variety of gaming that we have now is so much more largely because of the technology and the platforms that we can kind of deliver it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, you know, for the casual gamer, mobile is a fantastic spot for it. And then for the hardcore gamers, you know, you got your consoles and your computer games and, you know, those kind of plot steam and all that. Oh, exactly. So I've got a few more influences since we are in contemporary culture, but I'll blaze through them. None of these, only one of these is a slightly longer story. So uh, PlayStation came out with its handheld PSP, kind of like the Game Gear wide. uh, But that was like a super high end Thing. Like that was really expensive when it came out. I remember seeing one and I was like, holy crap. But oh, yeah, yeah, those were a little bit of coin. In my research, Game & Watch was a thing I totally left out. So I had forgotten. So in the 90s, Tiger, Tiger Handheld Electronics came out with a, just a never-ending series of these one-off, one-game, plastic, yeah. LCD, just like Game & Watch. And the, the plastic cases were very thematic with the game too. Right. So those were really big in the 90s. Of course, a lot of the big characters from the NES and Game Boy uh, come back in Nintendo's modern properties. So like Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. 
a lot of those characters originated on Game Boy or the NES. So they're still very important properties to Nintendo 30 years out. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last two things. Did you know that there's an annual classic Tetris World Championship? I didn't know, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, big international thing. I think they're playing on the original Game Boy. But the only reason I really learned about this is, unfortunately, last week, the seven-time winner, uh, Jonas Neubauer. I've only read the name. I might be mispronouncing, but he passed away. Uh, But Classic Tetris World Championship is, like, still a big thing. And last but not least, one of the modern influences I saw on this was at Burning Man. Okay. So in in 2008, I went with a bunch of friends to Burning Man and we you know did an art installation. It was our first all of our first time. And you know, the big thing about Burning Man is it's a 9 square mile property in the desert. The most fun part about Burning Man is jumping on your bike, you ride out miles into the desert with your friends. There's virtually nothing out there. You've got water, snacks, you've got to pack masks and goggles for sandstorms, 65 mile sandstorms, because you're trying to find these giant art installations that people have done from around the world. And there was this one that you could do at night where it was a three-story, four-sided tower that they were projecting Tetris on. And then down on the ground, there were these four consoles on all each side, and you could step up, and it was like the joystick and the buttons, and you could play Tetris against different strangers who would walk up and just start playing with you in the middle of the night in the desert. And it was very cool. That is amazing. That's all I have for my revisit to Nintendo's Game Boy. Again, handheld gaming, clearly here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Now that we know it influenced everything, we got to get to today, 1989 Game Boy today. And there's only one place we can do that. That's right. To math class. Math class. Should we will ourselves there? We did it. Wow. Two brains concentrating, one class. We arrive. We have developed telekinesis. It's telekinesis, Kyle. That's that's amazing. What's the addition on this, baby? Yeah, I only want to talk about the the original because that's what this show was about. was the original Game Boy. Yep. There are some things that I think are really great. The games themselves that launched with the original Game Boy are just charming. It's a kind of like a, a much more delightful, lighthearted time in gaming. And maybe there are different games that I didn't own that I never played that were a little more intense and hardcore and more serious. Um, even Alien 3, the game, is not that serious. Right. But like Kirby and Mario Land and like World Cup Soccer, like it's all just really like sweet and innocent. And it's like, that's really nice. So I think that's great. I was surprised at how the audio held up on the Game Boy. Like, the audio is not bad on it. And the music, again, it's probably a huge dose of nostalgia, but hearing those theme songs again and the songs for the different levels, oh, it's just awesome. Even on 8-bit, like, there's just, uh, like I said, like, when I put it up, dun, da da dun, like, it's just great. And lastly, on the positive, I think the weight is pretty good. Like, I feel like old, boxy, 80s hardware, 70s hardware, can be awful you know just Mm -hmm. like a heavy brick that is just crap i mean things were built really durable i think in the 80s like stuff was tough i mean it withstood your teeth bites for many years and portability is pretty good so you know had that carrying case i brought over you so like yeah you know i remember even when they came out with the gamecube the gamecube had a handle on the back yeah because you're carrying your console to your friends houses they've they've thought about that so that was the good you know you getting your hands on it again were there other good things you felt about it well, I, I think, you know, the fact that on four AA batteries, it lasted as long as it did, like that's still impressive, I think, to this day, considering yeah. AA batteries compared to like modern batteries are, are a bit outdated, right? Yeah. 
So I thought that was cool. And I think, you know, similarly, the weight and the the feel of it. I think a lot of those old Nintendo products, they still feel like sturdy and durable and yeah. familiar. And I felt all of that was really good. I mean, the sound for what it was again back then, I thought was great. Yeah. So I think overall, like those things were still really impressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and the, the nice, satisfying click of putting the cartridge in there. Oh, yeah. You felt it like firmly slide into place. You knew it was secure. All of that kind of tactile stuff was still really, uh, still really solid. That's a really good point. However, despite all that good, you know me, I'm Mr. Optimistic. I like the silver lining. I'm always jazzed and enthused for stuff. But to be honest, I don't think the Game Boy holds up. I'm trying to be objective of just the Game Boy because the games are fun and sweet and colorful. And like, there's some really brilliant design, especially like in the Metroid games and stuff. Zelda, yeah. but I had the same problem as you. It's like, it is really freaking hard to see what you're doing. You know, the screen is less than half the size of like a modern smartphone and it is not as bright as I remember it. And no. you got it on every game, the contrast, there's a wheel on the side that you can adjust the contrast between the black and the green and every game is different. Man, and you also think like, you know, modern day mobile gaming, if your phone is dead, you kind of just plug it in and it recharges. But with a Game Boy, you got to recharge the batteries or buy more batteries and those recharging stations are not cheap. So if I want to live some Game Boy action, you know, I have an emulator. I would go play those games on the emulator because I can hear the music. I can see the game. But right. trying to play the handheld just is hard. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. It sounds like I did the math back in the 80s and I was like, nah, not for me. So <laughs> I was just late to it. No, but I think for all the reasons you stated, it's just, you know, it, it was what it was at that time, but to sit there and want to actually play hours and hours on that system, you're right. You'd go to an emulator and you'd get a better screen, a bigger screen, more color, more just, you know, more enjoyment, I think, overall. You could still get to those games, but kind of break it free of the confines of the 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 hardware of the time, which, you know, they made a calculated decision to go for the more affordable route, but... I haven't seen a Game Gear screen recently, but I'm oh, going to yeah. assume that maybe that screen holds up a little better after yeah, all these years versus the Game Boy. The black and the what kind of green? What shade of green did you try and describe it as? I came to either um, mucus green or bile green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think both of those. I keep reaching to grab it to like play with it and to check it. And I remember I gave it it's to you. It's over here. Dang it. Oh, Game Boy. The love that we had. We had wonderful times. Don't think that the years we've spent didn't mean something to me. It was deep. You'll always be my first handheld. My only handheld. You had a 3DS, I thought. Oh, damn it. Ah, I did cheat on it. That's terrible. Uh, Well, you'll always be my first, not my only. There it is. There it is. It was delightful for its time. And it was a fun trip to revisit. It was great. I mean, clearly you and, uh, and our listeners had a great time sort of catching up on, you know, what it was. And I think that's really exciting. And it was fun for me to learn a bit more about it, even though I didn't own one. It was kind of cool. And it honestly, if nothing else, reconnected me to my game and watch. So that alone, big success. I can't wait for you to get that booted up and working. I'm going to have to let you play it. Oh, please. Now, there's only one thing left to do. And just like opening a Game Boy case that has been closed for 30 years... You don't know what surprises might be inside. Indeed. It's time for the surprise. It is indeed time for the surprise. Yes. All right, Ben. Is it Game Gear? We're going to talk about the Atari Lynx. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, while we're talking about games, Ben, you and I have played a lot of tabletop games together, have we not? That we have. You actually skipped virtual board gaming this morning. I'm a little disappointed about it, but it's okay. It's not a big deal. I'm not going to get mad about it, but I remembered it. <laughs> You've already forgotten about it. <laughs> I already forgot about it. Not even a thing. So, Ben, knowing me as you do, what would you say is my chief complaint literally across the board? Chance. More specific. Rolling dice. Rolling you hate dice. chance. You want to be a guaranteed winner or a guaranteed loser. That's what you want. That's not true. I, <laughs> I Luck is always a factor, but random chance drives me bonkers. Right. So dice-based games. Oh, so I was trying to think about board games in the 80s. And of course, I just, everything's dice, right? Everything's yeah, dice. for sure. So many. But then Uh-oh. I thought of something. Oh, no. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, ooh, this is going to be fun. I have anxiety building. I'm, I'm so scared. This is going to be so much fun to oh, talk about. God, what are you going to do? It's a diceless game. You've got to use your wits. You've got to use your mind. You've got to know your opponent and get in their head. So for next episode, Ben. Oh, God. Oh, God. I want you to put on your Admiral's hat. Ooh. I want you to position... Your fleets. Yeah! Because it's going to be time for us to explore Milton Bradley's battleship. Oh, that's such a good one. You sunk my battleship. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a thousand thoughts. I've played many versions of battleship, both the, so actual, many. the actual game and then like mo- yep. like modules you can play in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Battle shots. Oh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get into it. Great choice. Great choice. I'm excited. Yes, I am very thrilled. I can't wait to talk about this game next time. And as you mentioned, all of its variations and spinoffs and everything. So get your fleet hats on. We'll catch you next time for Battleship. Aye, aye, matey. Thanks, everyone, for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help spread the rumor. Stay radical! Stay radical!